Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Good morning, everybody, and welcome in to Loretta McMary Live, the radio show. And we are so very thankful and excited that you are listening in today, wherever you may be, all across this wonderful and beautiful world. Um, you know, it's Tuesday, so that means it is Tuesdays with Michael. And Michael Farmer is our spiritual personal coach because we already uh, agreed that just like we work out and work on our abs and our um biceps and triceps and all that good stuff to make them really healthy and strong. We also need to work out our um, spiritual and mental muscles, which when we do this on Tuesdays, we are definitely building those muscles so we can all be healthy mentally and physically. And, of course, when you are healthy mentally and physically, um, you know, it, it leads to other things, other great things that happen in your life. And I want to give you all a background on Michael Farmer. He is the founder and CEO of Discipleship International Incorporated, a teaching and resource ministry with an emphasis on fulfilling Christ's commission to make disciples of all nations and perfecting saints in the body of Christ. He can currently lead as founder and managing member of the Glory Corporation, LLC, a full-service apparel and advertising company that provides uniforms, T-shirts and advertising specialty items to a wide client base across multiple industries. And Michael is a faithful member at Breath of Life Christian Center where he, where he facilitates the new members orientation class. He holds tenure as a teacher and facilitator in several institutes and worked as dean of ministry for the Developmental Institute for three years. And... Um, there's more, and I'll share that with you, too, because I want you to know that Michael is really the right person for the job of being our spiritual personal coach, and um, you'll, you'll find that out, too. So I want to go ahead and bring Michael Farmer on to Laura McNair Live Presents Tuesdays with Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Loretta. Thank you for those kind words. <laughs> I truly appreciate that. Oh, of course. Give him a pep, you give him a pep talk for today. That's right, setting the, setting the foundation, man, that we're building, you know, building these healthy and um, mentally and spiritually and physical um, temples that we have here, and, and you are the man for the job, so um, we appreciate it. So you're going to give us a recap of what we talked about last Tuesday, and we'll um, kind of finish up on that. But we never really finish. We just keep building on that, what we talked about the week before, and then we'll introduce a new um, principle today. So go ahead, Michael, and give us our recap. Okay, well, you're exactly right. You 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 can't finish a topic when it's dealing with the, the kingdom of God or dealing with God because He's inexhaustible. So we just exactly. have to find a place. <laughs> but but uh, we're just going to review from last week, and we're dealing from the, the first chapter of the discipleship study course uh, titled "That I Might Know Him." Um, the first point that we talked about was the requirements for salvation. And that was to repent, to believe, it, and to confess. Once again, to repent, to believe, and to confess. And we covered certain scriptures on there, but I think one of the most important parts that we brought out of there was the confession part, making sure that your heart is tied to your tongue. Um, was a key part we brought out in that segment. Then the next one was the signs of the salvation experience. And you have two signs. You have inward signs. And you have outward signs. Um, the inward signs are righteousness, peace, and joy, and your desires change. Uh, our base scripture for that was Romans 14 and 17. And also another one was, uh, I think, was 1 Corinthians 5 and 14. Um, the outward signs uh, deal with a change of behavior change of lifestyle, change of friends, and also change of venues. And the support scripture for that was 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. I think a key point we brought out of that was making sure that you um, show some signs. As the old, I used to hear the old people out there, if you know if Christ is in you, then you need to show some signs. <laughs> you need to show some signs that you've been born again. So, People are always looking for those signs, and they pretty much confirm what you're confessing with your mouth. Um, a third point we brought out there was the benefits of salvation. I think that was the one 
um, that interested you no rather than most of us, the reaping the benefits. Yes. We're going to do a show all by itself on different the benefits of salvation. And, of course, we <laughs> talked about um, deliverance, health, protection, preservation, wholeness, and prosperity. And of course, you know, that's the part. Everybody likes it, the prosperity part, but um, it just needs to do well in every area of life and not just the financial. Um, right. And and going forward today, we're going to finish out the the first chapter if we can, uh, and that fourth uh, point is going to be discipleship, and I call this segment discipleship one hundred and one. And of course, when you're dealing with something that's one hundred and one, I mean it's it's the basic, it's the foundation, it's something that you got to do before you go on to the next phase. Uh, so this is discipleship one hundred and one today, and we'll be getting into that. Now. All right, I'm ready. And you're right. I, I know about the inward and outward signs of salvation, you know, and, uh, well, making that commitment to receive salvation. And we talked about that salvation is free. Only God can give us salvation. And, and it becomes yeah. about us lining our heart and our tongue up, not only saying the right things, but also believing, and when you believe something, then you should do something differently, and you talked about that too. And you had so many amazing um, quotes that I had to write them down, and I was posting them on Facebook. I, I wish, and I need to start just making a book out of them, because, Michael, when you get those downloads, I know to have my pen and paper ready, because <laughs> they are so profound that you want to, to to relive them and to say them and hear them again and again. So I ask our listeners that when you tune in to Tuesdays with Michael, that you definitely have your pen and paper to recapture and record some of the things that are said here. Because if you're anything like me, even remotely, and like Michael too, something will be said, something will be shared that you may have heard it a million times, but for reason it may renaissance with your, your heart and your mind and your soul today. So make sure you write it down so you don't have to worry about, what was it that they said? What did they say? And then you email them me and texting me and Facebooking me, what did you and Michael say? What did Michael say about that? <laughs> Keep your friendly pen and paper ready. And All I right, we're ready. Now, 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 I'm glad you made that point because when, uh, when I teach classes, I like to give people this point when it comes to taking notes. Some of us take notes very wrong. We spend a lot of time taking notes trying to say exactly what the speaker is saying. Well, you can get the tape or listen to the link uh, that was sent to you after this for that. But when you take your notes, make sure you write not what verbatim what I say, but write what you heard me say. Because I, I can say one thing, and it can mean 15 different things to 15 different people. So write what mm-hmm. you heard me say, not just words I said, but what you how that point resonated with you, as you said before. Right there, make sure you write that in your notes, and then you can always go back into the actual uh physical part of the ver- verbatim part of the uh, the broadcast and kind of reconcile the two. With that said, uh, the base scripture for this segment, Discipleship 101, is going to be Matthew 7, starting at verse 20. I know most people like to go to Matthew 28, but we're going to start at 1. I think uh, this is real important. We will we'll eventually probably get to that particular scripture, but let's look at this here. Verse uh, 20 says, For by, well, I'm sorry, for, for by their fruits shall you know them. And that's what we talked about, those signs on last week. For, for by their fruits or what they are producing visibly that you can see, you should know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth. The will of my Father, which is in heaven. So uh, a key point that's in there is, as I say, when you're confessing Jesus as Lord, making sure make sure your heart is tied to your tongue in that confession, because everyone who says Lord, Lord, is not going to enter to the kingdom. Jesus Himself said that. That's red writing. When it's written in red, it means it's written in blood, <laughs> and he's, he's written in his blood. He said, "But he that doeth the will." Not say it, but do it. So it's important that we do what the Lord instructs us to do. Uh, Look at the next verse, which is very key. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? I mean, that's good, isn't it? 
I mean, that's a good thing. Prophesied <laughs> in his name. He said, in thy name have cast out devils. I mean, that's, that's, that's good. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess. Same word for confess. He said, then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You did work iniquity. And the only reason he can say that because you have worked iniquity and not worked in that salvation that he purchased for you with his own blood. He said, wherefore, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And, of course, there's some more that goes after that. But that's, that's the foundation of Scripture for that discipleship 101. It's making sure that we, once we confess him in Lord, which literally means boss or master. I know some people don't like the word master, but it, 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 all, it all means the same thing. It means someone that does a bidding, whether it's your supervisor or your team leader or whatever title you put on that. He says, I want you to do the things that I have told you to do. And he listed a lot of things that he told us to do in his word. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some other areas that we will deal with later on in the discipleship study course on the different types of the word, but the written word is enough for you to live on right now. So point number one, to receive and confess someone as Lord or Master is to automatically confess that you are that person's servant. The duty mm-hmm. of a servant is to obey his master's commands with undivided loyalty. Let's read that again. To receive and to confess someone as Lord or Master is to automatically confess that you are that person's servant. I want you to think about that for a minute. So so we don't want to take the confession of Jesus as Lord of our lives lightly because once we make that confession with our mouth, then you have to begin to realize that I have now just confessed myself as being the Lord's servant, and servants have to do their master's bidding. Have no other choice. Like the foundation right. we uh like the foundation scripture we just read. He says, So men are gonna to come to me in the last day and talk about all these good and great and wonderful things that they did. And guess what? You know, he he doesn't mind them doing that because why? Because what well, we do benefits the receiver. But the thing that's gonna get us the reward that Jesus is looking for us is the thing that he's instructed us personally to do. So if if you don't con- walk out in your confession, then he's going to make a bold confession that I never knew you. Just imagine that mm-hmm. you, you've been saved, you've, you've been walking, as you say, with the Lord for all these years, um, and somehow you get off track and you're doing all these wonderful things and you're seeing all the results, and you use that as your justification that you're okay with God. No, you're not just because because. There are principles that we work on in life that we have to get results from that principle, not just by being born again. And that's what we have to begin to realize. If you sow, what's going to happen, Loretta? You're going to reap. Exactly. What you say is not. Yeah. <laughs> if you sow, you yeah, reap. You're going to reap whatever you sow, and that's what, good or bad, happy or sad, <laughs> you know, whatever you sow, whatever you exactly. put out there is going to come back to you. Exactly, like like when we got up this morning and the sun was shining around almost 7 o'clock, that sun shined on everybody in the earth, on, on, on this part of the earth, now that sun is shining on. That sun shined right. on, on everyone. It didn't say, well, I'm just going to shine on the saved house. No. It right. shined on well, believers and unbelievers, the just and everyone. unjust, because that's the kind of God we serve. And that's why we said um, when we first started announcing about we were going to do teachers with Michael because many wealthy, successful, highly successful, and very intelligent people use these same foundational principles when building their wealth and amassing all of these um, different companies. Some people own, you know, 100 to 200 companies, and they use these same principles, and especially the one you just talked about, the reaping and the sowing, because that works for everybody. (laughs) It works for you. If you do it, it will work. Uh, There's, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, there it is, Genesis 8.22, and it says, while the earth remained at seed time and harvest, 
and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. All these are principles that God set in the earth, and they all go in what we call a circuit. They all go in a circuit. So the earth is still here, so we know that there's going to be seed time, there's going to be harvest, there's going to be cold, there's going to be heat, there's going to be summer, there's going to be winter, and there's going to be day, and there's going to be night. It's going to mm-hmm. happen. You can't stop it. So I think a lot of people who are really out there really validate or justify themselves by the works they do. But the Bible emphatically tells us that we're not saved or we're not justified, declared righteous by our works. We are declared righteous by our believing. And by our and relationship our with him. Yeah. Exactly. And our relation with, relationship with him always being cognizant of the fact that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And that's what I really want to press forth in this discipleship one-on-one segment of it, is that but always remember that Jesus is the Lord of your life. He's the one that's going to call the shots, and he expects you to respond to them. The second aspect of discipleship uh, one-on-one is denying or dying to self, and that is sometimes that's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. So, so many of us waste our time saying we want to die for Jesus. Jesus never told us to to die for Him. He told us to live for Him. Mm-hmm. He's done all the dying that we that that we need to do. We need to live for Him. Uh, let's find a trying to find a good support scripture for this. Go to uh, Matthew sixteen. I think that would be, yeah, okay. Matthew 16, Matthew. 24. I like Matthew. Mm-hmm. I do, too. 16 I and 24. Okay. And I'm going to bring out the point. Yeah. Okay, and I'm, I'm I'm going to bring out point in this scripture that's going to really uh, blow you away because it, it, it really uh, blew me away when I really did some in-depth study on it years ago, and I really got it. But it says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, once again, that if is conditioned, if any Mm -hmm. man or any woman, for that matter, will come after him, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, I'm going to deal with this from a standpoint of exegesis. On, on this particular uh, scripture, this particular phrase, when it says to take up your cross. Most people think that to me that I, I have to physically get on a cross or um, the things that I'm, I'm going through daily in life, that's me taking up my cross. No, once you deny yourself upon that cross, he said, now you are now qualified to follow me. And that and that word take up takes on this connotation is that I'm taking it up with the idea of getting rid of it. Just like if I told you Loretta just, just like Loretta, if I said, uh, okay Loretta, uh I'll pick up that piece of paper off the floor. What's implied in that statement is what, Loretta? That I'll pick up the piece of paper and do something with it. Exactly. And probably throw it away since it's on the floor. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If it's on the floor, you know, pick that up. And once you pick that up, you know, come on, let's finish this thing. So Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after him, he says that he has to deny himself. That means he has to utterly de- deny his existence. So if you utterly deny your existence, that means you have to tap into somebody else's existence. And that's his. Mm-hmm. He says, so, so, so that part of denying yourself, you know, we, we, we hear a lot about, about taking up the cross, but very little about denying ourselves. So, so just let that soak in for a few, few seconds. Jesus himself told us first that we must first deny ourselves. Very strong word. And that means that you have to almost just think about that, the old me that, that was doesn't even exist anymore. And if that old me that doesn't exist anymore, then it's impossible for you to go back to that old me. Understand that? 
I understand, and, and what I'm seeing, um, it all is it, like this. We can use this analogy. If I have a plan to do something, but I want you to do it with me, but you yeah. have a plan too, but those yeah. plans don't even match up because my plan is really to go to the zoo on Saturday, whereas your plan is to go to Nashville on Saturday. So we're yeah. going to say, okay, we're going to get together on Saturday, Loretta. Let's meet here, and we're going to get together, and we're going to go. That's all we're saying, we're going to go. But I don't know enough about you, and I have my personal plans. If we haven't really talked, then I'm going to the zoo where you're going to Nashville. So, and so I got one of us, and it, it, it should be the one who was leading this thing that says, let's get together, Loretta, come on. Then one of us got to deny our plans. Exactly. That's true. Uh, otherwise, we're going two separate very ways. Good very good analogy. Otherwise, we're going two separate ways. We won't get there two together. So that's what Jesus is saying. Um, you got to give up what you direct. want to do the way you want to do it and come to me. Okay, now, but what I don't know is if I go my own way, Michael, you got the credit card. You got all the connections. <laughs> you got the car. So now That's right. if I don't go your way, I'm without a car. I'm without means of um, right. paying for things, and I can't get there. So this That's is right, what Jesus was saying. Yeah, so that's why I got, I got to totally deny what I wanted to do. And number and, one, because I can't get there on my own because I can't walk to the zoo. <laughs> so I got to follow you. That's right. And it you, makes you, sense you have to follow to, you. So that's. Mm-hmm. And in essence, you have to fit in with my plans. Exactly. That's, I got to give up it, what I wanted to do to follow right, you. But you had planned. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, you know, I had these grand and. And marvelous plans that I was just going to be, you know, this, you know, this dynamic budget analyst for, you know, the federal government. And I did a very good job when I was with it. But uh, God had another plan when he told me, okay, it's time for you to leave. And I said, that was, mm-hmm. a, that was another, you know, that still, even though I confessed him as Lord in 1989, this was a decision that I had to make in 2000. Was what was I going to obey that commandment? Was I still going to deny myself and yep. and, and 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 take up my cross? Like I said, that take up the cross means I'm taking it up to take it away. I've died on it. I don't want no more remembrance of it. I'm dead. I've I've, I've taken up my cross. I've taken it away. I've gotten out the way, and now I'm following Him. So so that's what we don't do. And sometimes it says you no. Know, some people in, insert. Uh, it may be a different scripture, but sometimes we we insert the word daily. You know, I, you know, I I, I take up my cross daily. You know, I die daily. No, you can only die once. You're dead to dead. When something is dead, it cannot live again. <laughs> it cannot live again. So 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 once we been, once we die to ourselves and realize that, and and that's the purpose of this. This whole segment is is to bring people to a whole different awareness of what their salvation really means. Because, because quite frankly, not just as a minister, but just as a, um, a a member of the body of Christ, I get tired of seeing people living way beneath what they should in their lives, especially when they just are the servants of sin. It's it's just it bugs me to no end to see it, and they're constantly professing or confessing themselves to be Christians. Well. I know I'm, I'm not the ultimate judge, but um, and this last scripture we read, you know, you should have some, you should have some fruit. They're showing your fruit should be showing. If you're an apple tree, then I should be looking at watermelons on the tree. <laughs> exactly. I'm in it. If, if if you say you're an apple tree, I'm looking for apples. And, and all I'm, I'm I looking see to, when I see you too is I should see apples. I see exactly. I should only see apples hanging from your tree. Exactly. I shouldn't. I shouldn't see oranges. I shouldn't see pears. I shouldn't see anything else that grows on the tree. I shouldn't see nuts. So, wow. so let's let's finish reading other scriptures. Wow, we got tied up on that point. So Jesus, I know we we got tied up. But what I want to do, I want to just slow it down for a minute and let's take a, okay. a little break to kind of remind everybody um, about Jesus with Michael. And I have a couple of announcements that are things that are going on here locally. 
And um, okay. so we're going to take a little break, everybody, so you can um, kind of digest what we said. <laughs> For those who didn't want to leave long enough to go get pen and paper, this will be a great time because I'll make this announcement again. I just want to thank everybody so much for listening and tuning in to Loretta McNary Live Presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer. And Michael Farmer is our spiritual personal coach to help us become um, spiritually and mentally intact and not only intact but better, but so much better. So we're here every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, or you can listen on the phone lines um, by calling 347-539-5772. Also, you can use that number to um, call in and ask any questions or make comments during this broadcast. That number is 347-539-5772. Also, you are cordially invited to attend our sixth anniversary celebration of the Loretta McNary show. Yes, my TV show has been around for six years, and wow, I'm still amazed at that. So we'll be having a celebration, and our celebration is called Kindle Awards. This is our fourth annual Kindle Awards. We will be recognizing and honoring 25 individuals who have been nominated because of their selfless and tireless dedication to making our city and this world ultimately a much better place for for everyone, not just the wealthy and not just those with, you know, certain last names, but for everybody and making sure every child um, has opportunities to um, be empowered and to grow academically and socially as a community. So we're having that celebration on December 7th at 7 o'clock p.m. at the McNary TV studios, and it is a Black Pie formal event, and tickets are only $35, and this is a large fundraiser for Pink Eagles Incorporated, my girls' leadership development nonprofit organization. Wow, that's a mouthful. Anyway, there's tons of things going on. You know, we're going into our holiday season. Next Tuesday, Michael and I will be talking about prayer and being thankful and how do you do that through prayer. And so you have to tune in for that next Tuesday. We just wanted to welcome everybody to Loretta McNary Live. You guys make us... um, Make us feel good when you listen in and when you comment, so please feel free to comment and um, send us those emails every Tuesday after the show or prior to the show because it means a lot. We want to hear from you all because that's just the way it is. It's a conversation, so thank you, and we're going to go right back with Michael Farmer for Tuesdays with Michael. All right, Michael, we're on another verse in Matthew 16, or are we back at uh, Matthew 7? Well, no, we're back here still in Matthew 16. We're on the second point of denying self. Uh, the, okay. We started the, uh, for those of you who may have just tuned in, uh, we're talking about the discipleship one-on-one on today, and the first uh, bullet point we, we dealt with was accepting Jesus as the Lord of your life and what it truly means to do that. And it simply means to put yourself in a position to always be on point to do the things that he instructs you to do. And the way to do that is to start with the Bible. Because if you can't do what's written, it's going to be hard to do what's been revealed to you. He's not going to trust you. <laughs> so let's, so let's, we accept him as Lord, then we deny ourselves. And that's, what we're, that's the point we're dealing with now. And that word deny, I'm actually looking up in the Greek now. And why would you see what this word literally means in the Greek? It means to deny. The word deny uh, it's the strongest number five thirty three, and it, and it it means to deny utterly. In essence, it means to disown or to abstain. So 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 just just think you have just disowned yourself. <laughs> you know we almost freak out when we almost freak out when when our parents talk about they're going to disown us. So so just think about we get to the point where we just totally disown ourselves. And then he says, now you're the perfect candidate that can follow me. And that word simply means to accompany. It don't mean to walk behind. It means to walk alongside. And that's the third point uh, is following Jesus. That means that we're living with him. It means to walk with him, not behind him, as we may, uh, may have been traditionally understood the word to mean. Now, in the context we're dealing Dealing with is actually what we call a collective Greek word that means a way together or in the same way with. It literally means to accompany or to be in fellowship with. So when Jesus said, okay, you first of all, you confess me as Lord, you now just put yourself in position. You just told me with your mouth that I'm Lord, so 
that means you're a servant. So that means you have just told me you're willing to do the things I've instructed you to do. Now, in order for you to successfully do that, you have to deny yourself. You have to utterly deny who you are. Whatever plans that you had for yourself, you have to pretty much um, set those aside, as you said in your analogy, Loretta, if they if they conflict <laughs> with the plans that he has for you. And he said, and after that, he said, I want you to take up your cross. And we talked about that earlier. Take up that cross with the idea of, I've died on this cross now, but I'm taking it up, I'm taking it out of my back, and I'm throwing it away. <laughs> and then I'm going to follow me because Jesus is no longer on the cross. He's not going to ask us to do anything that he himself is not doing. So That's he's right. no longer carrying the cross on his back. Now, he, he, he shows the marks, he bears the marks of the cross, as, as we know, you know, in his hands and his feet and in his side. And we know that because Thomas proved that at, even after his resurrection. But the actual cross is no longer there. Why? Because that, that part is done away with. He, he denied himself, and because he did, the Bible tells us that God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other name that could be named. And at his name, every knee is going to bow and confess that he is what? He is Lord. So at some point, you're going to have to confess. You need to confess willfully instead of forcefully. You need to become a bond servant and not a slave. It's different between a bond servant and a slave. Jesus wants us to be bond servants. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, we're serving by choice. Slaves serve by compulsion. They're compelled. Or com- they're, they're forced to serve. Right. So he, so he he wants us to be that servant, that bond servant, that's that's serving willfully and faithfully, knowing that there's going to be reward with his service. And secondly, lastly, in that in that verse, he says, "And follow me." He says, "I want you to be in the same way with me. I want you to, um, I want you to be holy as I am holy. I want you to love because I am love. I want you to walk in faith because that's what's going to please me." So those are the those are the the first steps of discipleship is accepting, denying, and following. So if if you can remember those three words, accepting, <laughs> denying, and following. Accepting, denying, accepting, following. ADL. Denying. Mm-hmm. ADL. So and somebody. So 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 next time you are diagnosed with ADD. You said, no, I'm just going to, I'm diagnosed with ADF. That's right. And you have to do them in that order. That's the thing, though. Yeah, in order. Some some of us just want to follow because we like to follow the the latest and greatest thing. And a lot of people did that, you know. That's why they were talking about the differences between the Sadducees and the Pharisees because some were intellectually um, believing him and then some were believing without turning their hearts to him. So you really have to follow then, I mean, why would you deny yourself first, you know, without accepting this person? Well, we do that in life, though. We we definitely deny who we are and accept somebody in our life and then follow them in that order, and that's where we get into trouble. <laughs> so the yeah, Lord, he, uh, he gives us direction so easily. Accept me. Deny who you used to be. And then follow me. And then I love how you exactly. said follow me when you broke it down in the Greek, Michael. You and the, the last thing you said about it was to be in fellowship with. It's hard exactly. to be in fellowship with somebody if they walk away behind you or way ahead of you. Exactly. But if you walk side by side, then we can carry on a, a conversation, and I yes. and I can exactly. really be in fellowship with you. So I'm loving this study. Oh wow! It, 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 it okay. all reminds me of the scriptures that where it says, you know, uh, when Jesus says, you know, take your yoke. Upon me and learn of me. I don't know most people, especially younger people, they probably know what a yoke looks like. But if you if you've ever seen a yoke before and you ever seen because my my uh, my grand grandparents and aunts and uncles, we went to the summer area, uh, went to Mississippi every summer. We had an opportunity to live this agrarian country life, and we was we were young city boys at the time. But <laughs> but a yoke was you know he would they would put this. Uh, Horse's head in this yoke, and he will plow out that field. So just think, if you got a yoke, Jesus said, "Take my yoke upon you." So just think, you got a 
a two-headed yoke. Jesus' head is in one, and you put your head in the other one. Right. Have he no said his choice. yoke is easy. Exactly. So, you it's have not no like other the choice. yoke that that poor horse or donkey had to do. Exactly. I mean, his is easy, and his burdens are light because it's, it's easier with him. But the, but the analogy of now making with this yoke is that when you put that yoke on, you you have no other choice but to go in the same direction. You know yep. that one one ox can't be trying to go right, and one ox can't be trying to go trying to go left. If they do, then they're on a standstill. Nothing's happening. Right. Nothing's prospering. The field's not There's no filed. movement. No movement There's at no all. Movement. And when exactly. there is movement, it's in conflict. Because one's trying to go left while the other's trying to go right, or one's trying to go forward and the other one's trying to go backwards. So that's that's another thing. We, you know, That's how you know if you're equally yoked. That's what that yes. means, and that's a great analogy. Yes, it does. <laughs> if you're unequally yes, yoked, that means when you try to go left, he's trying to go right, or she's trying to go left. When you're trying to go right, or you're trying to move forward, and she wants to stay in the past, and he's reminding you of that. And like that means you're, you know, at that moment, you know, you're unequally yoked. So. Instant conflict. So, yep. so Jesus wants us to, to, to be in the same way with him. He is desiring that fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um I guess that what I want the listeners to take to take with this take away with them in this whole segment that we're dealing with, are you truly born again? Is is the thing that he's desiring from you. And that's that's that fellowship. The same fellowship mm-hmm. that God had with Adam way thousands of years ago is what Jesus came to restore for where God would come down in the cool of the day and he would just fellowship with Adam. And then when Eve came on the scene, then he fellowship with Adam and Eve. <laughs> and then when man, and then when man, when man disobeyed what God instructed him to do, then guess what? Man was man was kicked out of paradise. You know, God couldn't. Right. You know, you got to pay the price. You got to pay those you, you consequences. You have to pay the price. You, know. you have to yeah. pay the price. And then it said, just in case they tried to get back into the garden. He placed an angel with a flaming sword <laughs> at the entrance of the garden <laughs> to, to make sure that they that they stayed out of it. So, so, so before you plan that next scene, before you plan that next rendezvous, think about the consequences. Think about who's that who that's going to hurt. And we hear it in the news all the time about affairs and and scandal. I mean, God don't want us involved in those things. Can he forgive us? Yes, but there's a consequence that goes with sin. And I'm the type of person I don't like consequences, so I'm I'm going to try to stay on the straight and narrow. Well, and narrow, you do that by not going into those places like we talked earlier. Like when you said before you were saved, you would go to the clubs, and so because yeah. when you became saved, you gave that up. You were delivered from it because you didn't want to go anywhere anymore because you knew the temptations that were there for you. So we have no. to, you know, avoid temptation at all costs. I mean, and we tell our children now, we have to tell them, look, I know it's difficult because it's difficult for me as an adult, so you can only imagine that if you put yourself in, in, in harm's way or temptation, it's there, and it's hard to resist it once, you know, you're there. <laughs> so the whole way is to avoid it. Yeah, there's a scripture yeah, in, uh, let me see, if it's, I think it's in Galatians 5. I think it's Galatians 5, around the... I love Galatians, too. Galatians, yeah, there it is, Galatians 5 and 13. And it says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Just think, he, you have been called or you have been summoned unto liberty. It's almost like in, like when you get the summons in the mail that says that you have to come to the jury duty. I mean, mm-hmm. we we do that. Why? Because we don't want to we don't want to be found in contempt of that summons and they come pick us up. So, so we kind of compel, <laughs> you know, to would be somewhere. It's, it's the same. It's the same thing. We're we're compelled to walk in the liberty. For he said he's uh, set us free. Set us free. Four brethren, you've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Simply put. So just because we have we've been set free from sin doesn't mean that when that window of opportunity opens we take advantage of it. No. 
He said, do not use your liberty as an occasion or as an opportunity or as a starting point, as the word actually means, to set the flesh back into motion again. He said, but by love, we need to serve one another. Yes. Thank you, call. So, 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 so if you said that you haven't been called to do anything, he said, we've been called unto liberty. So, so that's your call. If you don't have a call, I just gave you your calling. You have to call <laughs> yeah, liberty. If you don't know of your call, he just gave you one. <laughs> I just gave you one according to, I just gave you, yeah, I just gave you a call according to Galatians 5 and 13. You have been called unto liberty. And because you're in that liberty, walk in it, it's free. As we said before in the scripture on last week, John eight thirty six, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you're free indeed. Walk in that freedom. That's all you need. And I guess people who understand freedom are the ones who have truly have that have been truly been in bondage and have been set free from that bondage that understand the power of freedom. We we, we have yeah. men that go off into foreign countries to sacrifice their lives so those people in that country can experience the freedoms that they have. So That's right. And yesterday have, was Veterans Day, and we thank those veterans does. so much for their sacrifice and their service. Yes. So stand fast, as the Bible says, stand fast in the liberty for which Christ has made you free. I can get there are so many scriptures that talk about you've been you've been free. You've been free. I don't I don't know whether you've been uh put in jail wrongfully before and you finally got freed. In your mind you would never go through that hell again. That's what some of you was in a bad relationship or an abusive relationship and you finally got freed from that thing. You said in your mind I would never go through that hell again. Well for whatever sin that has you bound or had you bound, there's liberty for that. But do not right. use that liberty as an occasion to the flesh. So so, so any time that temptation comes, just think that, you know, if I get into this sin or I get into the flesh, then that's going to negate my power to walk in love and serve somebody else. So we have to get ourselves out of the picture when it comes to Christianity. Yeah. The standards is money. Everything that you do affects somebody, whether you people see it or not. And what you do eventually comes to the light. Why? Because we are the light. It has to come to the light. If you're a Christian and you and you say you're a Christian, you profess to be a Christian, whatever you do in the dark comes to the light. Why? Because we are the light. It has to be exposed. It has to be exposed. So so don't think you get away with anything. We're we're light and we're salt. Well, we are light to the world, and we are salt, or we are the preserving agent in the earth today. So everything that goes on the earth today, the main reason why it still goes on the earth today is because the church is still here. It's still here. That's right. And so, so I'm so glad that we we um we did this as kind of like a. A re, we did a recap, and then we did kind of like a, a finish up, like we stated earlier. You don't ever finish the topic because, you know, God's word is inexhaustible. But we do want to um, go with that, leave you with that, because there's something else that we wanted to kind of get started on, and it will carry over into next week too. And I think this is a good place, Michael, unless you had some closing remarks about um, the, the foundation that we're building, um, not only on the show, but just in our lives, how it should be built first with the confession and, accept, you know, which is accepting, denying, and following our, a, a three steps for living um, spiritually and physically better and um, healthy. Well, if I had to get three steps for living uh, spiritually, like I said, I'm, I'm not one that likes to come from a lot of theory. I, I like to come from personal experience because, because experience, experience is, is an undeniable teacher. You, 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 you can't deny experience. So, <laughs> right. So, so, so that's what I leave with, you know, my listeners today, is that that once you get, as they say, sick and tired of being sick and tired, <laughs> then you are a prime candidate for God's salvation. He He's standing there with open arms, waiting to receive you and to allow you to walk in that freedom 
that was purchased because the freedom wasn't free. It was purchased with the life of his son. Uh, so a valuable right. price was paid uh, for us to walk in that to walk in that liberty. And contrary to popular belief, Jesus did not die for us to go to heaven. That is that is the ultimate end of our salvation. Jesus died in order for you to live above the power of sin. I, I, if, if you don't get anything out of this whole, this first segment that we talk about, I, I want you to meditate on that right there. I just want you to just kind of roll it over your mind that Jesus died for me to live above sin. Because if, if you're truly in him, if you're, if, you're, if you're truly in him, heaven is automatic. You don't have to concentrate on that part. That's automatic. Yep. And then finally, finally, you know, walk in the awareness that Jesus truly is the Lord of my life. He's, he's that boss. He's the one that, that, that allows me to wake up in the morning. He's the one that you know, supplies my every need. He's the one that, that brings so much peace and joy and that sense of righteousness into my life. Walk in the awareness of that. And then finally... Bring somebody else along. If you if you see somebody else that's in darkness, walking in darkness, and now that you are the light, now you walk in that light that you've been ordained to do, and you draw somebody else out of the power of darkness and into that marvelous light that that you have now been, or that you are, not have been, but you are a partaker of, and that you always will be, because we are the light of the world. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. Well, he's physically no longer here. We're still here. He's he's within us. But his light is shining through us. And we want that light to draw all men unto himself. And when, you, when you've been in abject darkness, like in the middle of Mississippi, with, <laughs> where all you have is starlight, <laughs> and you can't see your hand in front of your face, man, there's nothing like seeing that porch light that you've been walking, you've been trying to find <laughs> for the last for the last 15 minutes to make sure that you that you got home safely. And I, me and my brother, we've been there. We had to walk home in, in darkness like that. So I've, I've experienced darkness to the degree where it was good to see that porch light on my grandparents' house because we had to walk from our, we, I had to walk from our aunt's house, my grandparents' house, in the middle of the night. No street lights, nothing but the light of the moon and the light of the stars, and we pretty much stood in our way and literally could not see my hand in front of my face. But we knew if we if we kept on going in the direction that we were so walking that path that we were so accustomed to walking in the day yeah. that when night yeah. came, we we knew we were on the right path. We was on that gravel path, and once we we knew once we saw that light, we were heading in the right direction. So, Michael, you just don't know what you just said. You were you were really relaying an experience to us by sharing yeah. a childhood memory or distant yeah. memory. But that was an elegant way of saying how life really is, especially when um, things are not going our way or we want things to just really, you know, we always want things to be good, but you can't really learn if things are always good. So you were no. saying that you guys were walking in the dark. You were walking in the dark. Abject you kept moving. <laughs> you were going to eventually see the light on your, on your grandparents' porch. So I want to encourage people that are going through some stuff right now, if you just keep walking in the way that you signed up for when you confessed that, you know, Jesus was your Lord and Savior and that you were going to follow after him, and you keep walking toward him because eventually, I promise you, you're going to see the light. You're going to see the light, which is him. You know, like from Michael in that scenario, it was the porch light on his grandparents' house. So there's going to be light and there's going to be darkness because he stated in Genesis about that too, how as long as this earth exists, you're going to see there's going to be light and there's going to be darkness. So even in our um, personal lives, there's going to be some days when you think it's so dark that you can't even see your hand in front of you. You can't see maybe where your next meal is coming from or how you're going to pay that light bill or whatever it is for you at that point or if the healing is going to come or if you're going to be strong enough to overcome whatever is, you know, troubling you, but if you keep walking in the path that you signed up for, to walk, and that's that path with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will see the light. I trust you. Amen. Trust you. I, it is guaranteed. Great, sister. 
<laughs> which which brings us to faith because we kind of wanted to introduce um that part of the um the chapter that's in the book that you're writing. So we were going to talk about faith, and we can kind of just address it and really you know dive into it more on next Tuesday uh, if it's the Lord's will. So because that's what that walk was. You had faith that if you kept walking, you were going to see your grandparents. Yeah, man. I have faith that if I don't quit and I don't give up, that God, what he promised me in the vision he gave me for the Loretta McNary show or Loretta McNary Live, even sometimes when, you know, people don't do what they say they're going to do or if something happens and I I get a little distracted, I know that if I keep on by faith and doing the work, which is keeping everything going, your work at that point was keep walking, that the promise will be made, which will be the light that I'll see. So let's let's kind of set up the foundation for next week talk because we always kind of started on the week before and then dive into it and finish it after that. Okay. Well, well, next week talk is going to finish, but you know, recap. <laughs> well, well, next week's topic is going to deal with faith, and man, as every topic in the Bible is my favorite, but 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 this is one of my most favorite because this is the one that. That I say that yields the results, and and it's twofold. It yields results for me, but it also pleases my father. So that's that's why I like faith, you know, so much because it's it's, it's one area that I know I can that the Bible says that I can please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Father. So uh, so on next week, we're, we're going to deal with what faith actually is. We're going to define faith, and we're going to talk about what faith is, what faith is not. We, we're going to talk about the essence of faith. We're going to talk about the mechanics of faith. And some people always ask, you know, you know, you know how do I grow in faith? So, so we're going to talk about how to increase your faith. Jesus gave us a, uh, a model of how, of how to increase faith, and lastly, in that in that topic, we'll talk about the rewards of faith. So, so you can't get to the rewards without doing the work. So most most people want the rewards without the work. Don't work like that's that. Right. <laughs> there are no, so, and that's even on your job. You know, where you get reward, the bonuses. Well, you just can't show up your first day and say, "Hey, give me my reward." Exactly. Here I am. Give me my bonus. <laughs> You got to earn. No. But 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 faith is one of those things that has kind of been they kind of kicked around in the in the past couple of decades and you know it just of course you know out of with faith you know most people got into the, the so-called name and name it and claim it quote it and throw it and grab it and grab it whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it's way more to it than that. It's, you know, faith is faith is way beyond that. Faith, uh, yeah. So, so because there's so many ways you can go with, and I'm I'm coming from strictly from this from this standpoint, is that don't just have faith for something, but have faith in someone. Exactly. So I'll just go, exactly. I'll just go Beautiful so, summarize. And you know, I wrote so a book on faith, that's, that's so, so you know, faith is going to be one of my favorite topics. We might spend two weeks on that one because I think it is like the beginning and the ending of everything. It gels everything together. Um, faith does, um, and it capsulizes what we're about as Christians. It does. So I'm, I'm really going to enjoy this. I might have two pens and paper ready for this one. <laughs> I will. We have uh, about four more minutes, Michael. You want to kind of set up, because we already said we're going to talk about the essence of faith, the mechanics of faith, um, how to increase your faith. But um, And it all starts with, and we talk about increase, but <laughs> it doesn't take like a whole boatload to get, to get started, because God said that um, just a mustard seed, and we all know that the mustard seed is the smallest seed. Um yeah when you compare it to other seeds, it's very, very small. So he's saying that we have at least that much faith. That much faith? Yeah. And even on a bad day, you at least got that much if you just, you know, remember and remind yourself and let it work for you. Well, well, you know, that's something else we're going to deal with. I'm going to make a note that that we deal with that particular scripture because sometimes that scripture is, is 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 misunderstood. It most it's people, taken out of content. Yeah, you know, it, and the most you can interpret it. If I just have this little small amount of faith, 
then I can I can move mountains. But 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 in that no there no that's not an, what it said though. <laughs> no exactly. There there was an object lesson in there called the mustard seed. So so what so for what we're going to talk about once we get to that part of it is we're going to talk about what the mustard seed does, and then you can understand what Jesus was talking about. That if if you if you had faith as a mustard seed, not the size of a mustard seed, but faith as a mustard seed. So what we want to do is 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 discuss and and go into the qualities and the purposes and the mechanics of that mustard seed. And once you understand that, you can say, oh, okay, that's what my faith can do. <laughs> it can it can start out yeah. small, but man, it can it it can grow big to where where it can be a blessing to everybody that that's that's in your proximity. You definitely have to know you. If you you can have faith, right? To that, and then it will move mountains. You 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 will be able to say to the mountain, you know, move and fall, and it, and it will have to do it. But I'm glad you brought that up because that that is and so it, it is a teaching. I'm sure I, I wrote a book on it, but I will learn something. I will learn a ton of stuff, probably enough for two or three more books on faith. So I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, well, but now you, you like that? No, no, no. This is going to be good because I like that. Like, like, I always remind people, you know, of when you know of what I've gone through, and as I said, in in '89 was when I surrendered, you know, my life to the Lord. And it's just been within the last two to three years that I'm now beginning to walk, as I say, in the in those tangible financial blessings of the Lord. And and that's been twenty plus years of faithfulness, not not going back. I never backslid. I never backslid one day. I never went back to, to the end of the old stuff I did. And I know that's hard. Some people saying, "Oh yeah, right. That's 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 what he said." But no, literally. You can live a life to that degree, and I'm a living example. And I have, I have character witnesses, and one is my wife. You know, and, 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 and you know your wife won't lie. Ain't gonna lie for you. That can attest to the fact that 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 when I got saved, I experienced what I call a magnificent delivery. And 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 that's what God wants. He He wants everyone to experience that magnificent deliverance. That makes it all that that to be in your mind, it's impossible for me to go back. There's something like that. It, I mean, it's, it's impossible. I mean, in your mind, you you will conceive what Hebrews says that you know, once you've been enlightened, that it's impossible for you to to renew them again or to repentance. You you will know what that verse really means once you experience. That's what I I do it. God's magnificent. Deliverance. I so. know that it's the essence. It is the essence of what to me what my especially I'll say for me, faith is the essence of what my Christianity is founded on, built on, and continues and endures on is faith. And just before we close, I want to share Hebrews eleven. I'm going to read um, one through probably five or something like that. Just listen to this, okay. and then I'll come back for some closing words, Michael. And thank you so much for okay. this, this wonderful, fulfilling dialogue. Hebrews oh, 11 one says, now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen, huh, were not seen. I just get excited when I hear it. (laughs) Were not things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. And listen to this one. This is new. I really want us to go into this at some point. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I just wanted us to close on that, Mike. The Lord just dropped that in my spirit. I feel like he did. So that's what we're going to take. We're going to redo that on next Tuesday, Michael, right? And we're going to go from there. And we're going to talk about the mustard seed. We're going to build it. Yeah, we're going to build it. This is going to be, you know, the audacity of faith for us, man. We're going to show you how to be bold and and just the audacity of it. 
(laughs) Right here on Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. This is where we're going to do, this is where we'll be every Tuesday. This is how we're going to do it every Tuesday until we get new um, papers that say um, come this way. But um, until then, y'all, continue to listen to Loretta McNary Live the radio show here only on Blog Talk Radio where you get the most amazing information that can really touch, save, inspire, and empower you in your everyday lives. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.